Hello and welcome to Newsbreak. I'm your host, Nick Steffens. Getting into today's top stories, an Iowa nursing home where a woman bled to death two weeks after moving into the facility is facing possible fines from the federal government. The Iowa Department of Inspections and Appeals has cited Mount Pleasant's Arbor Court care facility with failing to respond to an internal electronic warning that pertained to two drugs administered to one of the home's 59 residents last month. The female resident was admitted to the home on November 30th, 2022. A week later on December 5th, the facility's electronic system of checking residents' health records issued a warning pertaining to the resident indicating a possible adverse drug interaction between her blood thinning medication and an antibiotic that she was receiving. The system noted the two drugs, when combined, had the potential to increase the risk of internal bleeding. According to state inspectors, the woman's patient records indicate the nursing staff at Arbor Court didn't acknowledge the warning and didn't notify the woman's primary care physician who had ordered the two drugs. On December 11th, six days after the system issued a warning, a worker at Arbor Court turned the woman on her side and discovered a, quote, large amount of foul-smelling red and black substance that appeared to be blood draining from a bed sore. The resident also showed signs of purple bruising or pooled blood in her feet, upper back, and along her ribs. The next day, on December 12th, the resident was admitted to a hospital emergency room and was found to have a gastrointestinal bleed. She had reportedly lost four pints of blood, an amount equal to 45% of the blood an average-sized woman typically carries in her body. A test that is used to assess an individual's risk of bleeding, which would normally indicate a so-called INR level of 2.0 to 3.0, so the woman's levels were literally off the charts, exceeding the 17.3 maximal level that the laboratory device was able to measure. The hospital was in the process of giving the woman additional blood when she passed away. The woman's primary care provider told inspectors he had successfully prescribed the two drugs for the woman many times and that he didn't feel a, a drug interaction had caused her death, according to state inspectors. Three days after the day, death, a state inspector interviewed staffers at Arbor Court. As a result of the inspector's findings, the, states, the state cited Arbor Court for one violation, failing to ensure that each resident's drugs regimen was free from unnecessary drugs. It was the second time in eight weeks the home was cited for the, that same violation. A $17,500 state fine was proposed, but is being held in suspension while the Federal Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services determines what federal fines, if any, should be imposed. A house fire just after 1.30 a.m. Tuesday brought crews to a scene at 2322 3rd Street in Washington, where officials said they remained until 5 a.m. Upon arrival, the structure was fully engulfed and a defensive exterior fire attack was initiated as the structure had already burned completely through. And that's from a news release from the Washington Fire Department. The house was a total loss and no injuries were reported. All occupants were alerted and got out safely. The news release said a wood stove operating inside the house had caused the fire. At least 200 county residents have fallen victim to internet scams recently. According to press release from Iowa County Sheriff's, Henry County, Sheriff's Office, an individual reported suffering the consequences of a scam on December 20th. The investigation determined the scam took place involving the social media platform Facebook and the digital wallet at Venmo. According to the release, the incident occurred while the victim attempted to sell items via the Facebook marketplace. During the money exchange, the suspect created fake emails and other documents to appear as though Venmo support was contacting the victim. The suspect then began requesting money from the victim as an insurance to confirm the transaction was legitimate, the release states. Small business owner Kristen Osborne Woodsmall recently found fraudulent activity connected to her online financials as well. I went into my PayPal account yesterday to look over my transactions over last year, and I noticed someone was slowly taking out $20 here and there until November 30th, Woodsmall said. 
Hamden County Sheriff's Office reminds those using virtual, virtual financial platforms that there are numerous scams and everyone should be vigilant. According to the Sheriff's Office, currently most scams take place via the internet and web-based applications such as Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, and Facebook. The Sheriff's Office warns that individuals should never give out personal banking information over the phone or internet and attempt to have face-to-face -face interactions whenever possible. A procession of 39 semi-trucks drove from Washington to Westchester on New Year's Day, laying on the horn as they passed the home of Larry Pokey West on Highway 92, a longtime truck driver and dirt track race car driver who died in Washington December 28th at the age of 81. Family members said West was well known as a self-employed driver and a founding member of the West, truck West Trucking Company, along with his brothers after graduating from Westchester High School in 1960. He had also made countless connections as a dirt track race car driver, inducted into local hall fans in Oskaloosa and Hawkeye Downs. The event was coordinated by Seth and Stephen Lieb. Brett West, a nephew of the 81-year-old, drove one of the nearly 40 trucks. He said it was an honor to participate. We're going to take a brief break, and we come back about the weather and sports. Since 1905, Kelowna Cooperative Technology Company has helped our community stay connected with the latest advancements in clear, dependable telecommunications services. KCTC provides rural Iowans with access to high-speed fiber internet, as well as phone, television, computer repair, and cybersecurity solutions. We're also proud supporters of local organizations and area schools within the community. KCTC, keeping Kelowna connected. At the Capper Auto Group, we put our customers' needs first and understand that everyone is as different as the vehicle they select. We offer new Ford, Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, Jeep, Chrysler, Dodge, and Ram vehicles in a friendly environment that puts you in the driver's seat. When it comes to service, we maintain factory-trained technicians and competitive pricing. The Capper Auto Group still believes that service after the sale provides the best customer experience. Come see the Capper experience for yourself. isn't a place, it's a type of care that focuses on living. Servicing a seven-county area, the Hospice of Washington County staff of nurses, social work, hospice aides, spiritual and grief support, volunteers, music and massage therapists are able to provide free end-of-life care where the patient lives. We write wills, give consent for organ donation, but rarely is there a plan for what we would want the final phase of our lives. At Hospice of Washington County, we encourage our patients to be in charge of their health care decisions while maintaining quality of life. Hello and welcome back to Newsbreak. I'm your host, Nick Steffens. We have the weather and sports coming up at First Obituaries. Mary Grimes of Fairfield passed around January 2nd. Celebration of life will be held at a later date. Benefren Home is in charge of the arrangements. Kathleen M. McClurg Allison of Washington passed away on December 31st at the age of 88. Arrangements are pending at Gold Funeral Home. Richard Arnold Lee of Washington passed away on January 2nd at the age of 77. Services are pending at the Jones and Eden Funeral Home. Colette May Schimmelfinnig of Fairfield passed away on December 28th at the age of 88. Funeral services were at 11 a.m. yesterday at Cranston Family Funeral Home. Myrna Ting Parrott of Mount Pleasant passed away on December 31st at the age of 73. Celebration of Life will be held from 1 to 4 p.m. at Airport Road Vineyard. Murphy Funeral Home is in charge of the arrangements. 
David Loudon McCoy passed away on December 28th at the age of 81. A memorial service will be held at 2 p.m. January 6th at the First Presbyterian Church in Mount Pleasant. Donald Five Mount Pleasant passed away on December 31st at the age of 87. Funeral services will be held at 2 p.m. January 5th at Olson Powell Memorial Chapel. Laverne Everett Geyer of Washington passed away on January 1st at the age of 82. A celebration of life will be held at 10 a.m. January 6th at the Jones and Eden Funeral Home. Robert Beatty of Mount Pleasant passed away on December 30th at the age of 94. Funeral service will be held at 10.30 a.m. January 7th at Olson Powell Memorial Chapel. Jack Hudson of Hillsborough passed away on December 30th at the age of 92. Funeral services will be held at noon January 5th at the Murphy Funeral Home. William Gilbert Bell of Mount Iyer passed away on December 29th at the age of 86. Funeral services will be held at 11 a.m. January 7th at Benner Funeral Home. Dorothy Moore of Mount Pleasant passed away on January 1st at the age of 97. A graveside service will be held at a later date. Yolson Powell Memorial Chapel is in charge of the arrangements. That was obituaries. It is now time for the weather. The weather is brought to you by Jacqueline Ariola LLC. Come visit Jackie in her new location downtown. She is ready to serve Washington and the surrounding community. Today has been cloudy with a high of 33, and as I look out the window now, I can see some snow flurries falling. Tomorrow is going to be more of the same with it being cloudy and 33 again. On Friday, it'll be slightly warmer at 39 degrees and there'll be a bit more sun. Looking at the weekend now on Saturday, there's a 35% chance of snow in the morning with the high reaching 36 later in the day. On Sunday, it'll be partly cloudy with a high of 37. We're gonna take another brief break and when we come back, we'll have sports. Federation Bank is a locally owned bank providing award-winning customer service. We believe that we are more than just a federation of banks but a federation of communities serving Brighton, Richland, Wellman, and Washington, Iowa. Federation Bank's highly skilled staff is here to make sure you are able to accomplish your personal and professional goals, whatever they may be. Federation Bank, your family bank. Tammy takes the time and has the personal interest in each one of us. I don't worry about what's going to happen because I know my policy is taken care of. She pulls what I need and puts it together, which is the program I get from her. Every year she calls around September or so and says, there's changes again and I'm going to do the best thing for you. It's been perfect. She does a great job. Family owned and operated by Andy and Sarah Ross, Ross Auto has been your vehicle repair and maintenance headquarters since 1935. We specialize in all makes of cars and light duty trucks. With our variety of available services, let us help you keep rolling and your vehicle operating efficiently. Services include general auto repair, alignments, brakes, fuel injection, and more. Schedule your appointment today at 319-653-5656. That's 319-653-5656. Hello and welcome back to Newsbreak. I'm your host, Nick Steffens. It is now time for sports. And now, sports. Brought to you by Fairway.
It took overtime the first time Winfield Mount Union and Hillcrest Academy met in boys basketball. On Tuesday night in Winfield, the Wolves were out to make sure it wasn't as close the second time around. In a much different looking contest, the WMU boys knocked off Hillcrest Academy 59-42. Abram Edwards led the Wolves with 18 points in the win and pulled down 13 rebounds. Buffington finished the game with 14 points and 14 rebounds. The win moved WMU to 7-1 in North Division play, one game behind Waco who was 6-0 in the loss column. Hillcrest Academy still is in the race, sitting at 5-2 in conference play. The WMU girls came into their game undefeated, and the Ravens were still looking for their first win. There were no surprises as the Wolves continued to roll in North Division play as the 11th-ranked Lady Wolves won 63-4. Brady Buffington went for 22 points and 8 rebounds to lead the Wolves. Melinda Oping scored 17 points and led the team with 5 steals. Mariana Piper scored 11 points off the bench. Keely Malone and Madison Kellogg scored 4 each. WM girls are now 11-0, still the only unbeaten team in the North Division. Hillcrest fell to 0-10. That's the news for Southeast Iowa. Been your host, Nick Steffens. This has been your news break, and I'll see you next time.